Houston, 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 there are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X Files Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. But first, let me introduce you to the members of the posse, girls. Get ready. Sit yourself down. Get an extra, extra big box of Kleenex, some extra wipes. Squeeze in a lube because he's back. Very famous one. one. Hello, everybody. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Kind of missed the show for a while, but man, oh, man, I did miss it. Oh, really? Glad to be back. Hmm. Is that why you sent me those flowers today? Yes. Okay. Did you get them? So they weren't dead flowers, were they? Uh, not, great, not quite. Great title for a Rolling Stones <laughs> okay. song. All right. You understand. What's going on over there across the puddle? You went to go see the Hollywood Vampires. Saw the Hollywood Vampires in Birmingham, mm -hmm. which is a little bit north of me. Mm -hmm. It's about a three-hour train ride. And it's uh, the home of Black Sabbath, by the way. Yes, yes. And they were fabulous. Yes. Yep. Um, they kept me rocking. They kept me hopping. They mm. didn't stop. Oh. They were really good. You know, it's uh, hopping and rocking. Not a garage band. They're not polished. Mm -hmm. They're just straight kick-ass rock and roll, and I loved it. This is Johnny uh, Depp was excellent. Alice Cooper, Alice lead Cooper. singer, he was excellent. They're all good. Joe, Joe Perry. Perry from Aerosmith. So it's it's uh, Alice Cooper, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, Johnny Depp, um, mm -hmm. the other guitar player from Guns N' Roses, whose name I can't remember. I think uh, that's Duff McKagan I supposedly was there. I mean, okay. it looked like him. Uh, yeah, he's playing not. Bass. Yeah, that ain't that Johnny isn't. Hendrickson from Alice Cooper's band. Oh, that's who that guy is, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. From, he's from Alice Cooper's band. Uh, I think the now the bass player, I believe, is was not Duff, but was the bass player from the Cult. Yeah, something right. Yeah, he was uh, definitely not Duff McKagan. And then um, the drummer was um, he, you know someone, but they're all good. They're all yeah, they're all good. The drummer's from also from Alice Cooper's uh, band. So the uh, Hollywood Vampires—they're turning into like almost like a um, arena rock type band. You know, yeah, they're playing around here at some pretty big venues. You know, I know a lot of people go to see Johnny Depp, but you know he can really play. That's a, like the big debate. You know, but he he could see him playing on these you know concerts. You know, on YouTube. So exactly, he's playing. He's interactive. He's mm -hmm. he's not a he's not a showboat. He's not like look at me. I'm Johnny Depp. You know me. Everybody knows me. Yeah, yeah. It's not about him. It's not really about anybody in particular. It's all about the band, and they and and I keep saying that they get they all get a chance to shine on their own or to, or to partner up and shine with somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Trading riffing, riffs and playing along with each other, and yeah, uh, you know, they're cohesive when they need to be cohesive, and they're they're out there <laughs> when it's time to be out there. Now the other side of the coin, a cool solo. The other side of the coin, I heard the opening act, the tubes, they kind of sucked, right? The tubes were, had a look. I didn't think they sucked, but the the crowd didn't really dig them that much. They, they got kind of a 
a polite, uh, lukewarm response to just about every song. Oh, I thought be. they were pretty good. I think I was the only one. That must be ice cold thing. coming from a British audience. You know, a polite response. It must be just polite. oh, terrible. Anyway, okay, thanks uh, for that review. Now you can deduct it on your British taxes. The trip, the ticket, everything. <laughs> anyway, no coca tonight, out saving the world. But our national correspondent is with us down there in uh, Switchblade, West Virginia. It's Switchblade Steve Ward. Hey, great to be here tonight. Wouldn't that be cool if they named the town after you? <laughs> yes, very much so. You'll, uh, okay, so listen, we can't help but notice that uh, Switch is wearing shades. Kind of cool shades. What's no. No, no, these are my regular horn rim uh, cheaters. Okay, or is it just they me? They do look tinted. They're definitely tinted. They, they look a little tinted, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I had too much hooch. I the same thing. <laughs> I, you, look, you look more like a, 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 a super villain than ever there, Switchy, with the tinted glasses. So. Yeah. Okay. All he look. needs is like a black turtleneck. Uh -oh. Yeah, well, the T-shirt is uh, ruining it. What, what does the T-shirt say? Star Wars? It's, it's a, a word, word it's a thing word you thing. wouldn't understand. Uh, okay. Uh, we're a radio oh. show, so let's just say it's a Boston Red Lost Sox. Lost my communications here. Uh, also with well, us. Switchblade Steve Ward, so I guess that's Switch. the joke, right? I guess. All right. We'll put in some laughter. Sure. Then it will be the joke. Also, our security chief is here, Willie Club. Willie, how you doing? You know, Mac, I'm, I'm really doing good tonight. I always am doing good on show night. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of concerned about you. Me? Yeah, it was all over the news today on the island, the, the problem you're having, the beaches uh, closed for swimming there. Oh, yeah, right. And that you folks can't flush your toilets. Don't say that. No, listen. Um, Too much bacteria I, I, after I, I, all that rain. Yeah, Too much they, bacteria to stay the, out of the water the for 48 flushing? hours. That's, what are you doing that's in that Because <laughs> I know you don't have an outhouse there. Oh, wow. Huh. Wow. If you did, that'd be funny. Well, that'd be funny. No. Well, I didn't mean to bring it up, but I was concerned because well, I know. Thank you. You know, when you can't go like that, yeah, you got to find another. Well, I'll explain. Uh, that's happening way, way at the other end of the island where all the Trumps live, okay? All the water coming down the Merrimack River from Haverhill and Lawrence and all those places right. is what's causing. The, we are on the ocean side. We are on the yeah. nice, pure ocean side. So that affect us. So if I ever well, wanted all, to, all, everything from the river goes to the ocean. Yeah, but it goes way out. It goes out to Portugal. It doesn't take a right turn and come to our beach, as it turns out. So if I ever decide to go to the beach, actually go to the beach, the water will be nice and crystal clear. Yeah, but, yeah. I think that the ocean cleanses cleanses itself it fairly quickly. But I thought I saw on the on a Boston station news and WMUR in New Hampshire that uh, on my app that that would be a good idea to stay out of the water. For forty-eight hours after a huge, you know, after six inches of rain in one day. Well, they do on. that, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, that's true. Half, the, glad half the streets of Alton are uh, rained out. Yeah, at least I'm glad it didn't affect the other stuff there. So no, don't worry, the other stuff is uh, just fine. Um, Unbelievable. They did, they did spot two sharks off of uh, Plum Island. Um, the end of last There's week. There's plenty of food there now. Yeah, you ain't kidding. One of them, one of them was at the coma. Yeah. <laughs> coma shark. Anyway, also <laughs> with us is our uh, favorite, <laughs> our favorite good witch up there in Sideways New York. Raven is with us. Raven, how are you? Hi, my friends. I'm great. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Did you get your hair cut? I did. Wow. I don't want to talk about it. Why? Why? Wow, looks good. Come on, tell us. It's really not good. Um, you can't see a lot of it. Um, but this is actually the first bad haircut I've ever had in my life, and I'm. 33 and i really didn't know how to handle it okay so 
when 33 I got home, looks I just, like 18. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when I got home, I just had like a total meltdown and mm. <laughs> Mr. Raven was like, oh, your hair looks nice. And I was like, oh, does it? Does it look nice? <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> it was really horrible. Oh, oh. <laughs> so yeah. it's been like a week of this and I'm, I'm very upset and I just don't know what to do because it does not look good. So I'm, I'm, I have like a little top ponytail thing up here and it's really bad. It uh, looks good from here. I don't know. Where, yeah, you know I, I, yeah. I, I have to admit, I can't see any problem. There. No. I appreciate that. If you saw it in person, you'd be like, woof. I don't think no. so. No. So I think it you looks could, just it, as nice as Club's haircut. Oh, yeah. See? Okay. You know, some people shouldn't talk. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> but they did. In the mirror someday. <laughs> what, how, what are we, seven, seven minutes in and they're already yep. throwing fighting words? Well, I was, I was not right. going to talk about that tonight. Interesting. I was trying to be cordial, and uh, mm -hmm. he just threw a brick at me. So oh, wow. Well, okay. not going to take it. Well, uh, anyway, yeah. that's The kids call that a fail. But uh, another show, you know what we should do, though, just to calm down a little bit, is why don't we have uh, a report from The Fringe? And now it's time for another story from the lost annals of the paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's report from the Fringe. Okay, so you have a report there, Switchy? Yes, I do. Uh, this comes from a book called Visions of Ghost Armies. It was compiled by the editors of Fate Magazine. And the section I'll be talking about is called Haunted Submarine, written by Peter King. Okay, we go back to July 1916, Germany. The construction of 24 new subs were being undertaken. And these were the uh, what they call the UB class, which I guess was an improvement over the U-type. Uh, they were more compact, I assume more maneuverable. They had three officers on board, 31 men, and 10 torpedoes, as well as a 105-millimeter gun. Now, the one we'll be focusing on, the haunted submarine, is the UB-65. This thing seemed to be cursed from the beginning. A week after its keel was laid, a steel girder slipped from its sling crashed into the hull and killed two men. Nice way to start off wow. a new sub. Um, and uh, a month later, while they were testing the engines, the engine room filled with chlorine gas and three men were suffocated. And that's just the beginning. Then came sea trials. One man was washed off the sub during the uh, maneuvering watch by a tremendous gale and lost. And then during the first test dive, they developed a leak in a submersion tank uh, they, they sat on the bottom for 12 hours before they were able to surface. Oh, man. On the way up, they had another leak develop. The leak got into the battery well. Uh, when the when salt water combines with the electrolyte, it, it uh, produces chlorine gas. Uh, oh. the, the crew was half asphyxiated by the time they were actually able to get to the surface and open the hatch. That was April 1917. And, of course, they went in for a, a, a period of repairs. And, but they were not, they were undaunted. They were going to get this sub out no matter what. She was ordered to take a full load of fuel and armaments out to sea. Uh, and now after the repairs were done and they were, they were loading torpedoes, one of the warheads exploded. Oh, Four crewmen and a second officer, F. Richter, were killed. The UB-65 was towed to the dockyard for more repairs, major repairs. Weeks later, the repairs were, were just about complete. Uh, and a new date was set. At one point, a panic-stricken seaman rushed up to the captain, 
Frederick Honing was his name, in the wardroom and said, sir, the dead officer is on board. Well, the captain, mm. the first thing he did is check out to see if this guy was drunk. Yes. He was not. And the guy convinced him to go to the area where he saw this apparition. And he said he'd seen Richter, the second uh, officer, walking on the gangplank toward him. And when they got there, there was nothing there. But they found another crewman named Peterson, who had also seen the apparition. So the captain began to believe that they had actually seen something. So and uh, the, the word got around the sub, and, and the crew's morale was drop, dropping. <laughs> I wonder I mean, why. they had all these horrible accidents. Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, I wonder why. I can't think of a worse place to meet up with ghosts than in a submarine, a submerged submarine. The, these you these are, were small little diesel things. Yeah, this wasn't like the, the big boomer. Not, not that it would be any better to meet a ghost on one of the big ballistic missile subs. I should but, say uh, right here that uh, Switchy served our country in a uh, submarine, right? An attack sub, right? Uh, a fast attack, right? Yep. He did. Wow. The USS Tuna Fish. Very, very famous uh, sub. And how long were you on there? How long were you? Uh, you were there, what, four years? Uh, I was in the Navy four years. I was attached to the sub about three years, but about one year was in the shipyard. Mm -hmm. So it was only about two years steaming, punching holes in the ocean. I, I really salute, salute you for your service because I can imagine the claustrophobia just must, you know, mm -hmm. for some people. Uh, you know, anyway, so go they, home. They, they weed you out in sub school. If you're going to have oh, right, be claustrophobic, yeah. you'll be gone. Oh, I'd be gone early. I'd be gone the yeah. early early morning <laughs> of the first day. Early and often? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Switchy, please. <laughs> Haunted submarine. Now, a day before they were set out to sea, finally, Peterson, the guy that saw the uh, the apparition, deserted. He told them they were all doomed. And I imagine he said, I don't know how you say doomed in German, but it must have sounded pretty good. <clears throat> So January 1st, 1918, they set out for the English Channel. By January 21st, uh, they were on the surface and about 15 miles off the English coast when the starboard lookout saw a man on deck on the sub. Now, this is when the, the sub is moving. Hmm. It's on the surface, but there's water washing over the top of the sub. Yeah, yeah. There's no way somebody's going to be up there. And all of a sudden, the figure turned toward him, and sure enough, it was the dead second officer staring right at him. He left his watch, collided with the captain's poor captain, and went at, and uh, the captain shoot him out for deserting his watch. He told him what he saw. The captain went with him to the lookout position, and the captain this time saw the dead Richter himself. And then the ghost vanished at one point as the boat dipped in the waves. Now the crew lived even more in fear. And what, what happened was the cat, it was getting to the captain too. They attacked a couple of steamers, and rather than with uh, machine guns, with a machine gun, but rather than, than, than finish him off with torpedoes, he broke off two engagements. It's like he wanted to not tempt Providence and get the hell out of there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so uh, then in March 1918, the UB-65 was outfitted for the next voyage. Uh, but as before they got out of there, British bombers raided the submarine shelters. Captain Honing was on his way back to the ship from leave, should have stayed home, mm. when a bomb splinter took off his head oh <laughs> very nice wow now so they temporarily they stored his body in the in his stateroom and uh that night they heard a crewman started to scream like a madman he said he had seen the ghost of richter the second officer coming out of the cabin where the dead captain lay mm. now is that creepy or what mm -hmm. they, they called in a, a, Luther, a lutheran minister to perform an exorcism, that seemed to creep out the men even more. Yes, yes. Um, many of the men started uh, uh, transferring out, so there were fewer and fewer of the original crew there. 
the, the new captain, uh, Lieutenant Commander Heinrich Schliel. Mm-hmm. Uh, in May 1918, they were off the coast of Spain. Uh, Hans Eberhardt, a torpedo gunner, suddenly went mad. He said there's a, a ghost of a second officer was following him. I guess he could see his insignia, but he was not on the on board the submarine before, so he did not actually recognize him. But this this apparition was following him, and so they they, they got him, they subdued him, they gave him morphine. But mm. when he came out of it, he went nuts again and jumped overboard oh. and was lost in the sea. Wow! Oh, holy cow. And then the UB-65 sailed again. <laughs> Why? July. 1918. They they went around the north tip of Scotland, and uh, on the fourth, she radioed that she had spotted a British sub and was going to attack. This was just off the coast of Ireland, and that is the last that was ever heard of the UB-65. Hmm. They never found any wreckage that they could identify as that sub. Wow, I'm going to say that they beached the sub and they all like escaped to Ireland, right? And and, and opened up bombs. <laughs> that would have been the wise thing to do. They said, "Heck with right. this, we're out of here." Yeah, like they like obtained like new identities and yeah. were like, "Oh, Ireland. Yeah. Okay, cool. This is like home of all the good stuff, right?" <laughs> so they say. Um, <laughs> but you know, at what point? I mean, in, 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 those submarines are, are, are just, as I said before, cramped and stuff, and. Just so claustrophobic, but just the idea that there might be a ghost aboard one of these things. A lot of dark corners and stuff like that. That's really a creepy story. And then they just yes, lose they lose contact with it, and that's that, right? And it's not just the seeing the, the, this apparition. It's all the horrible things that happened you know, right. while they were out steaming. At what point well, do you uh, draw the line? Go ahead, please. Ready. Yeah, like that. Like, wh- when do you draw the line? And also... What, what was the body count in total? I lost track. Uh, at least a dozen. Yeah, about at close least, to a yeah. dozen, right. Well, wow. Yeah, but like where is the line? Like you lose like, you know, easily more than 12 people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, point. let's just keep sending it out. It's fine. Um, and there aren't that many crewmen on there to begin with, about 30 or so. Right. Not like a fast attack sub that would have 100 plus. Right. Is that yeah. the, how many people are on the sub you were on? 100 people? Uh, uh, 100, 100 plus. Uh, right. About that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a lot. Does everyone know each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they do, huh? Yeah. Is okay. everyone on speaking terms with each other? Or? Oh, yeah. Well, they, there's, there's always, uh, you know, their tempers flare a little bit. But, yes. uh, you know, you, you got to behave. <laughs> You're not going to. Uh... <laughs> Is it true that I hear they meet in the showers a lot? Oh, don't. Come on. That's, you know, he's a veteran. <laughs> Well, you have to take you have to take turns. Only so many people can use the head. We had we had to do sea time. showers. We we had you yep. make your own fresh water on board from salt mm-hmm. water. So you uh, you you go you go in, you wet down, turn off the water, yeah. soak mm-hmm. down, and then rinse. Right. Oh, is the water? But the water is fresh water, right? It's not salt water. Is yes. It? Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. They don't want to use as much water as uh, they want to save as much water as they can. Um, I did a uh, some research once a while ago on World War II submarines. And they were just as bad as I mean, a lot of the submarines that were in World War II were actually built for World War One back when this thing was going around, you know. And I found out submarines spend ninety percent of their time on the surface, at least back then. They very, very rarely go underwater. You know, they just do it to attack ships and stuff right. like that. They sank. They would sink more uh, enemy ships with their deck gun than they would with torpedoes. And there was this thing where they would just have to, if they were underwater for a long amount of time, the air circulation was just so bad, you couldn't light a match. There isn't enough oxygen, like you know, in the in the boat to even light a match. The smell is just unbelievable. Wow. 
And then when they would finally surface, they would call it the St. Joseph's Wind, I think, because St. Joseph's Aspen, because the, you know, the, um, did you just lose me? No, you're there. Okay, I just said uh, signed out for some reason. Uh, Yeah, this this wind would come down and come through and just purify everything, you know, and everyone would have a headache and the headache would go away. But just some of the stories I read about these guys, no way. And and just being in it and then having people shoot at you and try to sink you and stuff like that. Mm. Mm-mm, no thanks. And, and the more you're underwater, you're uh, 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 using energy from the battery. Mm-hmm. You know, right. so you gotta gotta be careful about that, and you're gonna have to recharge your battery when you're on the surface. Right, right, yeah. When they're on the surface, you can run with the diesel engines, but when you're under the water, right. I mean, back then you had to run on battery, and batteries run out of power. You know, so and the enemy knows that, and no, no, I think submarines got a little bit more money in their pay, but uh, it's not worth it. Yeah, we did. Did you really? This may be a stupid question, but my only reference is like cartoons from the '90s. But do submarines <laughs> yeah. have like like real submarines, like legitimate ones? Do you, like do they have any windows that you can see out? No. Okay, so that was made up for TV. I feel really deceived. <laughs> no, like, not unless you're the Sea View. I, I was going to say aliens yeah. attacking you every week and uh... <laughs> seaweed see, see monsters. Yeah, the. Uh... Voice to the bottom of the sea, they had windows in that thing. But you could, I don't think you could have windows that would stand the depth, right? And you don't need them. You just have little TV cameras out there. Uh, well, we had with the sonar. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. your sonar on passive where you're listening. And on the surface, you've got radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, huh? Man, they don't make it look anything, you know, cut all that out. I feel okay. so dumb for you asking that question. Okay. No, that's, that's a common question. Well, you know, let's see how the night progresses, okay? It might get worse, oh, it might get man. better. I'm glad I didn't get talked into going uh, through the nuclear submarine training program. My cousin, this uh, chief yeoman in, in New London, said, I can, I got connections, I can cut you orders for anything, and you can be stationed down here and you hang out and and, and then, you know, go out in a, on trials every so often. So, yeah, Mm-mm. if I make it through nu- nuclear power school and all that stuff, and then hang out for six months under the North Pole or something. I mean, you, you yes. don't come up, you can not come up for air for six months on a nuke boat, right? On a nuke, sure. Yep. You're right. You, how well, you, you, what you, 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 when we come to the, uh, what we call periscope depths, where mm-hmm. you're still under the water and they can't, can't really detect you. And right. we, we put, you have, you put your masts up. There's, uh, various masts that will pull in information from satellites, communications, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You right. can take a, a pressure in the boat. It's, uh, the part of the diesel that uh, you put the mast up and it circulates air through the boat. Oh, cool, yeah. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, so there's there's all kinds of things you can do at periscope depth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to uh, refresh the air and, and uh, you know, get communications. Right. Do, do, well, well, the irony of it all, Steve, is I ended up in an outfit that was an anti-submarine warfare outfit. There you go. They know what they're we doing. Rode, we rode around in six-by-sixes, wore greens. Oh. And looked like a mash outfit. We were such really a strange outfit. Wow! I, I thought my nemesis here was club, but it's really yeah. one one. One it is. <laughs> it is. I learned how to detect all all the NATO sub engines by looking at the uh, sonograms, determining what kind of engines they had, what mm-hmm. kind of auxiliary motors they had, and then make a determination what kind of a boat it was. Okay. Well, I, was, I had a lot of experience with with subs. I never was on one. But I used to spend a lot of time as a teenager at Via Beach at the submarine races. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I was Amazing a big fan of those, too. Let me get the new one. Submarines that go down. Absolutely. I thought he was going to say Kelly's yeah, submarine. My was uh, the Merrimack River up in Lowell. <laughs> oh, big time oh, really? submarine races. Is that right? Raven, yeah. you're too young to know what It'd the hell nice. they're talking about, I think. 
but you can I just. Think so. <laughs> but I also I just asked if there were windows on it, so I don't think I would understand. Windows on a submarine. There were windows on windows, but they're all steamed up all the time. <laughs> <I had big laughs> windows. We had to surface to fix our windshield wipers, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know what? On that note, maybe we just better take a commercial break now and regroup. And uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned. So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen... What do you feel like, Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go. Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire, you clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. That with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan wants at you. My dad, he's a double amputee and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for our country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Once our troops built this house and my dad can get through the wide doorways, he can reach anything. Homes for our troops build and donate specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at hfotusa.org. Track Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Let me just quickly introduce the members of the posse. Girls, the very famous one, one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Rambunctious as always. No Coco tonight, out saving the world. However, Switchblade Steve Ward, our national correspondent, is here as well. Great to be here tonight, Mac. Also, our security chief, Willie Club. Kind of cranky tonight. And he's with us. I don't know. I, I think it's the weather, Mac. Or maybe it's because I can't see your face because of the technical difficulties. That's okay. probably it. that it? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll try to get better as the night goes on. Okay, let's see. Uh, also, our favorite good witch up there in uh, Sideways and Graven is with us. Hi, my friends. Thank you for having me. Bummed out about her new hairdo, which we just don't understand. These, you know, five drunk white guys can't get it, what the problem is. <laughs> well, the nice thing is it's blending into my background enough, so you can't really see it. Mm, so, you okay. know. 
Good plan. You kind of had to be there. Right, yeah. I right. thought you said you won. You, you So you went back and beat up the person or something. I mean, do you hold oh, it God, personally? You should have. Did you tip them? Well, yeah. I oh. mean, of course. Because yeah, I'm awful. a millennial. So yes. I'm not going to say, wow, you messed up my hair. I'm going to say, thanks. I love it. While yeah. holding back tears. <laughs> and tip them and then go home and cry. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tip. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> the tip of my teeth. Somehow that's counterintuitive, but uh, wow. you know, they can redo it though, right, Raven? It's not the end of the world. We can tweak it a little bit, you know. No, it just no? kind of has to grow out at this point. No, mm. you can always get a hairpiece, like uh, oh, you know. Oh, come on. oh my God, you're awful? right. Okay, Switchy, I'm going to email you after the show. I've got some extra ones. I don't know if they're your color though. Mm. You know what? We'll we'll talk later. <laughs> we have a guest here. Can we? Play? <laughs> yeah, let's go <laughs> on the straight and narrow, please. <sighs> Uh, joining us tonight is our very good friend, Barbara With. We're going to give you a round of applause. Barbara, how are you? Barbara, how are you? Oh, I'm great, Mac. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me back. It's been a while. I think last time I played some music. Yeah, that was great. I remember the, um, the song, Let's Go time. Dancing, right? Dancing on the Beach or something. That's a great song. Yeah. Really good melody. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, you're a friend of the show, and uh, you're a musician, but you also have an interesting, uh, not a sidelight, it's what you do um, uh, mostly, is you uh, be able to, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're in communication with um, famous people who have passed on. How's that? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Can you name? I'm a channel. Oh, you're a channel. Okay, so can you name a few, please? Well, the main, the main one is Albert Einstein. Okay. Yes. Uh, but I also channel what I call the party. So there's a lot of different uh, people who passed on who are in afterlife, really seriously trying to help us. Yes. Right now, because <laughs> we're in some straits, yes. you know. So, but been worked with me on this for decades about working world peace one person at a time, starting with each individual. Mm-hmm. And so they came with this mission. They had this process of resolving conflict they wanted to test and they needed humans Mm. i guess i had the intuitive arts abilities to do so yes that's my work Mm -hmm. and and um so is it really a party is it is it a whole bunch of people get together in a party famous people who have passed on is really a party bigger all the time really yeah i mean with hors d'oeuvres and stuff yeah in heaven yeah it's so so let's just talk about beer, Al- champagne, what, whatever really? you want. Really? Kevin, see, and there's the Pope saying there is no heaven. You know, what's he know, right? So anyway, so what does... Well, Barbara, your book was uh, The Party of Twelve. Has it grown since then? Yes. That was the introduction of the core group of these people in afterlife. Yeah. But since then, like John Kennedy Jr., after he passed, he came and wrote the introduction and then... Carl Jung has shown up, and I mean, just who doesn't want to be, if you die and there's an afterlife, I would want to be with Albert Einstein and, sure. and this group of people who are actively working to, you know, help evolve human consciousness. And who else would have such a passionate reason than Albert Einstein, who, A, uh, felt pretty bad about the atomic bomb yes. and never found a unified field theory while he was in life. So that was his burning passion when he died and he got to the afterlife. Who else but Albert Einstein would figure it out, 
find a way to get it back and then um, have such an impact on the world after he's died. It's, mm -hmm. It makes perfect sense to me. But then everyone sure knows his name. You know, everyone knows his name. Do you know what I mean? His, 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 yeah. his name just you know, goes on and on and on. Even growing up, we were, when we were kids, we would, you know, just to make fun of people, we'd go, yeah, I'll write Einstein. You know, I mean, you know, we, even us little kids knew he was a smart kid. Smart guy. So is he able to comment on, let's say, the um, state of affairs these days? Oh, yeah. The, the, I, I think a lot of, if not all of the work that I have done, I've been doing this work since 1993. So it's been decades of working. It wasn't always Einstein, but that's a whole other story we can do some other time. But um, it, it gave me this... Uh, this mission mm -hmm. in life, and it was all about preparing for what's going on now. Would um, so okay, he was talking. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, well, just to bring it back for he, a second, did, did he so did he did he um, pass away a um, a frustrated, a frustrated guy because he didn't really he didn't solve the um, unified um principle and. Um, felt like the last, he, he did three things and then for the last you know 30 years of his life he was like this famous guy trying to work stuff out so did, did he did he does he feel his life was fully accomplished let me put it that way no not at all in fact he the two things that he would do that he couldn't do when he was living was find this unified field theory and then he was after the they started working on the his formula he backed away on that and went on a world peace mm -hmm. kind of campaign mm -hmm. and um so that was his uh that was the end of his life when he died but his last manifesto was on july 9th. i just did last july i just did the special einstein channel mm -hmm. it was his last manifesto dead but he and Bertrand Russell and probably eight or nine other scientists, a laureate scientists, wrote this manifesto. Because that's how they did it back then, right? They yep. didn't have other, even many newspaper things. And so they would publish a manifesto and have a press conference mm -hmm. read for the world to get reported on. And his manifesto was as if he was here today. Because what he was saying was, um, you can't win a war with nuclear weapons. You can't. They, you might think that, oh, yeah, we could bomb on Moscow and they would all die, but we'd all, okay, because we were over here. No, there'd be this slow death around the world, especially now with bigger ones than what we're talking about in 1955. Right, right. And flooring world leaders to make peace so that we wouldn't be pushed to that edge. So that was those were his last words out mm -hmm. of his mouth. Yeah, we should say, let me see if I can um, explain the unified field theory. Okay, even though I went to film school, we didn't take it on book one. <laughs> it's the, uh, what he tried to do Give was, it a shot, Mac. he tried to, um, someone once um, compared it to trying to write one rule book for football, baseball, hockey, and basketball. Basically, it's gravity, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, and then, I guess, electromagnetic, electromagnet force. And they can't fit gravity in there. Is that it? Is gravity the pain in the ass there, Barbara? No. Uh-oh. Oh, no. In fact, gravity just has a different function than everybody thinks it does. Mm. Yeah, gravity's a weird and thing, man. What our Einstein 
Yeah, he he redefines. He uses the four fundamental forces mm-hmm. uh, in in the theory, but he has a fifth fundamental force. Okay, and that's compassion with a capital C, mm. like a compass. Like a compass has an influence on it, right? A compass aligns a needle to true north. Okay. Yes. So this passion with a capital C, which is the intelligence that uses the four fundamental forces to impel the creation of the physical world universe one step at a time. Yes. And in our work, he's gone on to explain all those steps. But um, so gravity has a whole different function then. But, you know, he did that in real life. He upset Newton, Mm -hmm, right? 233 of... Newton's mm-hmm. laws, and then Einstein comes, and they're all changed. Right, true. So, you, so that's kind of what the afterlife theory. In in um in in people thought when you know uh, Sir Isaac Newton when he came up with his theory of gravity, you know supposedly the apple hit him in the head, and it, it made it seem like things were drawn to the middle of the Earth, almost like a magnetic force. Everything was drawn to the middle of the Earth until Einstein came along, and he realized that wasn't it at all. The best way to Imagine it as imagine you have a taut sheet, you know, a big sheet, and you throw a basketball in the middle of it. Okay, the basketball is going to sink down in the taut sheet. Okay, if you put at, you know, at the right precise angle a ping pong ball and got it spinning, it would literally just keep spinning around because it's, it's not falling as much as it's going forward. That's what gravity is. We are just, um, you know, putting an indent in. Time space. I don't know what time space means, but that's what it is. That and, and we're just continually people in orbit. They're just a bit out of the gravitational gravitational pull. And basically, what an orbiting spaceship is doing is just keeps falling, but it doesn't fall further enough to compensate for how fast it's going. That's that's orbit. It's it's almost simple. It's not as sexy as everything you know is actually attracted to the middle of the planet. But you know that's what it is. And and he and he worked that out. You know he he kind of. Figure that out with thought programs, with thought um, problems, you know. He, a lot of stuff he didn't write down. He was just thinking in his head. So anyway, what kind of a guy is he? Is he still kosher? <laughs> Maybe not. Huh? I, I have never actually quizzed him on his eating habits <laughs> in the afterlife. But he seems to be exceptionally delightful and uh, I've had a long relationship to him and it's complicated mm-hmm. oh really okay wow <laughs> back after doc listen does it what, what about the hair what's going on with the hair actually i know what the, this hair thing is he would say people would say to him why is your hair like that why don't you, you, you use some shampoo and use conditioner and he goes two soaps too complicated right <laughs> <laughs> well so barbara who else can you tell us can you tell us any gossip on these people yep. oh you can who, who, who else can you talk to us about who has passed on but might be someone we're interested in? Princess Di? The first interview, the first interview I, yeah, the first interview I did was Princess Di. Okay. And she gives a very in-depth description of the dynamic of her relationship with Dodie and what was going on with them. The guy like a really cuddled. intimate view of their struggles mm-hmm. and how he wanted to revere her because of course he was you know he was a man middle eastern man and uh-huh. she wanted nothing of that she just did not want to be revered and so apparently the night that they died 
they had were having this big discussion about this and then they sort of came terms with it like they just sort of decided and then when they got outside and the paparazzi were on them she talks about this kind of rush Mm. that goes through you whether you like it or not when you're being chased Mm. right by Mm. the press Mm. she said you get this sort of feeling like you're like you're immortal like you can just (laughs) let's outrun them we'll just outrun them you know and um and then she's about being in that back seat and how she made transition. And, and yeah. interestingly enough, she did not mention anything about Charles or Camilla. Why not? And I think that I, back when I did the interview in 1998, I did a tabloid in London, you know, one of those like Jesus on the toast and mm-hmm. alien. Sure. And they were looking for this interview with her. And they ended up not wanting it. We figured out it was because they were really looking for information about Camilla and Charles. And now that we really know what happened, yes, at least through all the documentaries that we've seen, mm-hmm. um, I just realized that she didn't mention them on purpose. Okay, sure. Yeah, yep. They she sh- wasn't going to... Shun- uh, shunning them. Shunning she them. wasn't going to grace her time. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, that's I, how Dai was. I think we uh, found out what we mostly found yeah. out was so, that. Uh, and she talks about Elton John. Oh, really? Yes. In what way? What did you say? In what way does Elton she John, Elton yeah. John's recent they performance talk about in Elton John. Did they get it on? No. Come on, tell us. <laughs> no. Whoa. What was well, at, no. at the no time. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. At, at the time, um, back in 1998, yes. his life was not so good. Yes. And he had lost Die. And then he also lost, I, I don't know if you remember Ryan White. No. He was the teenager that died of AIDS oh, in, the, Anna, of AIDS in the 80s. Yep, yep. He took and he sort of comments. adopted him. Or, you know, he, mm. uh, and so Ryan's in the book too. Wow, huh? So Princess Die talks about how she and, she and Elton used to um, Careful. talk to psychics. Oh, really? Yeah, huh? Wow, wow. that's interesting yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I should say that uh, a friend of the yeah, show. Yeah, so she goes on how that was. A, a friend of the show who we all know, uh, her the first letter of her name is L, and it's all by O I S, once sent a marriage proposal to Elton John. Okay. Yeah, everyone is laughing, believe me. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't say that I blame her. I <laughs> yeah, but. probably would have done the same thing. Really? Had, yeah. You know, but I, I'm. I'm from a different era, so I know things. <laughs> well, you were the second choice, huh? No. <laughs> I just told her, you know, I sat her down one night and said, you're barking up the wrong tree. I'm sorry. But he's a great musician. So so um, we got like five minutes left. Can you hang around with us, Barbara? Can you hang tonight? Oh, you have to go somewhere. Yeah. Oh, really? Tell I, us about your music you festival. What music festival did you just do and how did it go? Oh. I live in Lake Superior on an island that's indigenously named Munawanakonik. Got it. It's Madeline Island. And we had a, we call it Munawanakonik Rival because the island is 10,000 years of where all the indigenous people came from northern Canada, around Minnesota, Michigan. The island was the gathering place. So we were recreating a revival, we called it. And there were a lot of artisans and mm. Uh, a lot of stuff going on and fish being, sturgeon being filleted. And, okay. and then we were right on the beach. We had a little stage, PA, and I played and I was playing. Nice. It was just amazing. It was really 
That's so wonderful. Beautiful. That sounds awesome. You, um, I want to get to your book that was banned, but I just want to say, as I mentioned before, that you're a musician yourself, and you've gone various tours and stuff. But the last time you were on the show, you played live. What's the, what's the, what's the name of the song? Let's go dancing. Dancing on the beach. Dancing on the beach. That's a great song. Dancing on the beach. Mm-hmm. I wrote it in 1983. I can still remember. 1983. It. I used to go at midnight after I got out of the yeah mm-hmm. dancing. Has a real good hook to it. So, so tell us about yeah. your. Um, Did you ever try and get that song published in any way? Yeah, sure. That would be the one. That would be the one. Sucks, but uh, did you ever try and, uh, you know, push that through it in any way? No. no. That song, I not. I just never felt like it had that commercial. Or mm. I think it's a great song. These days, do it to death. It's one of my very favorite songs, but yeah. it's not commercial. Give, give it to somebody so, who's hot these days. Believe me, they love it. Music is so fickle. Harry Fox Publishing is where you should go. So tell us uh, about the book that got banned and why. What's the title of the book that got banned? Okay, we can't see the title. Conflict Revolution. Oh, so they banned that one. I know, line. I've got my blur on. Okay. What is, oh, really? What is it? Showing something? Uh, is it showing? My, what, go ahead, please. It's a, it's a workbook. Okay. It's a workbook yeah. for how to do conflict revolution, the process that Einstein taught us. Okay. I put it out last November at Ward, mm-hmm. and then my printer slash distributor yes. instilled a new uh, sort of review of what Amazon and all the other online distributors will and can do, and under one of the clauses that caused you to be banned was... Violent language. <laughs> there's no more violent language on Amazon, really? Then there's, there goes half the books that they... You, know, they you couldn't use the word revolution in the title. That was it, right? Was that and it? conflict together. Oh, oh that's conflict bullshit, together. man. I mean, where are we going here? Seriously. Oh, it, isn't like, this amazing times we live in? Hmm. <laughs> you didn't post. I mean, it is pretty cool, though, that you have a, a banned book. A banned book, I man. will say. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. is... Awesome. <laughs> I thought so too. Like when if I were you, like I would introduce myself. Hi, I'm Barbara. I have a band book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that would that, and that would be it. Bring the house down. You, you're not. You, you didn't pose nude on the cover or anything like that, did you? <laughs> that the, was it a John Lennon Yoko thing? No. Okay. Nope. Conflict hmm. revolution. Wow. Wow. Well. Okay. Now, now, Barbara, what you really have to do is get banned on the BBC as well. That that'll give you some street cred for there sure. You ain't okay, I'm gonna I'm going for that right now. I'm, I'm All yeah, right. well, on the road and <laughs> devoting my time to this work. So. Anything we can do oh, to help? So where are you okay, going now good. in your busy schedule? Where do you have to go now? To another interview, another radio station. <laughs> <laughs> um, later on tonight. Yes. Oh, it's a War and Peace report. Oh, that's coming out of. Uh, oh, another another. Name our our revolution. It's called our revolution. Yes, mm. it's just a discussion about war and peace because we're not having enough of those discussions right now. The book, the book, or just <laughs> generally war and peace because there's the movie. Generally, there's the movie. If you want to really cut it down, short. well, Baba, listen. Thanks very much for joining us. We always appreciate it um, when you come by to see us. Next time, you got to play that song for us again. Okay, will you? Yes, I will. And then let me tell you too that if you. Oh. You want to go to my brand spanking new website and see everything that's transpired. It's Synergy Alliance. Synergy Alliance. It's synergyalliance.llc. 
LLC. Synergy. Yeah, that's now as a domain name, so I love it. Synergyalliance.llc. Um, but they could Google your name and, and get to And it's all there. Many places, right? So, well, thank you, Bob. We're or BarbaraWith.com. Right. Do. Round of applause, please, for Babs. I mean, Barbara. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Good luck. It's good to see you. Don't line time. We said, hey, okay. Thank you. I got it. SynergyAlliance.llc. You got it. Um, okay, well done. So, uh, you, yes, Barbara. Barbara, thank Bye, you. Barbara. Uh, why don't we take a quick break now? And you're listening you to Macaloni's Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months. When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there. These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled with barriers. It was really the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. I had to drag my wheelchair down steps. I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning. This house has given me my family back. To learn more, visit hfotusa.org. Hawk Hunter, the wingman, has finally rid the world of its worst-ever supervillain, Victor Robotov. But in Mac Maloney's latest book, War of Dragons, we learn the maniacal terrorist ghost still haunts our battered, devastated planet. In War of Dragons, book 22 in Mac's best-selling wingman series, Hawk and his united American allies uncover Victor's bizarre plot from beyond the grave. The super terrorist hit six nuclear bombs around the Mediterranean before he died, knowing their detonation will empty out the Great Sea and cause a worldwide catastrophe. Guarding these weapons of mass destruction, he's left behind a family of ferocious air dragons, eternal aerial sentinels that will stop at nothing to protect their late master's unthinkable secrets. Sailing aboard their gigantic aircraft carrier, the USS USA, Hawk and the United Americans must battle their way across the Mediterranean, slaying these dragons in hopes of beating Victor's allies to the nuke's secret locations before time runs up. If not, then the world will face a very nasty, very watery Armageddon. It's Game of Thrones meets Top Gun in Wingman 22, War of Dragons by Mac Maloney. On sale now on Amazon. Here in the Distant Thunder Radio Network, this is Mac Maloney. Well, with a show we have for you tonight. Very quickly, let me introduce members of the Posse Girls. Three Femmes One One is here. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It's been fun so far. Very interesting. So far. Uh, no uh, Coco tonight out saving the world, but our national correspondent is with a switchblade, Steve Ward, down there in uh, West Virginia, somewhere. Switch. Switchy. 
He's frozen. He's frozen. He's frozen. He's frozen. Switchy. Yeah, he's breathing. Switch. Wait, what he, great to be here. Don't we love Zoom? I had a Pop Tart for breakfast. Yeah, okay. All right. What'd you have for breakfast today, Switch? Uh, I had a promptly had a Pop Tart and black coffee. Oh, that sounds like you. Okay. And no nonsense. No, no. <laughs> Something what? Like no donuts? No, no, no nonsense. What are we going to do? Start again? He's going to be back. We'll just keep going. <laughs> start over, everyone. It doesn't matter. Our security chief, Willie Club, is here. Willie, how hey, are you Mac. doing? Yeah, it's great. Great to be here tonight. I, I don't know what's going on with Switchy tonight, but you know he gets into paranormal things yeah, and uh, he, might been, he just disappears at times. That you just know? happened. All right. So uh, and also, so now we have with us members of the Cool's Paranormal Studio. Are you, three brothers, is that right? You're three brothers. Uh, so it's me and my brother and Sam. I've known since seventh grade. So yeah, okay. pretty much. Okay, basically, brothers. pretty much a brother. Yeah. Cool's Paranormal Studio, and um, so there's there's Sam Cool, and there's Keegan Cool, and then there's Colin Cool. Is that it? Uh, Colin uh, and Keegan Cool. Yeah. Okay. So so what do yeah, you do? I'm, I'm, you're, you're, you're young I'm guys. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Sam. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm Sam Vanderbilt, but okay. Um, so so, how old are you guys? You look like kind of young guys to be in this paranormal stuff. Yes, no. Uh, I'm 31. Okay, that's old enough. Uh, so, you know, what did you, what, you know, what got you into it and what do you do? Uh, what got us into the paranormal field? I would say probably our house, at least me and Colin, our house on Hamilton street here in Colorado. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just, we had experiences probably starting within a year of living there and they would just intensify and we can get into those if you want more detail, but that's pretty much yes. wanting to know what it was. So what was and it? Then, Tell us. What? Um, no, and just about that time, I think is when a lot of the, uh, ghost hunting shows were making it on TV. And so we, me and my brother and my uncle, uh, Mark, we thought, Hey, we can do that. You know, we've had experience and that's kind of how we got started. What was, so you were in this house that was, as we would say, haunted, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's the most haunted place I think I've been in. And I've been in to like the Stanley, I've been in Waverly Hills, down in you know California, to all their places. Uh, but yeah, by far we would see full body apparitions, mm, right. uh, things scratching on the walls. Uh, it took a uh, sugar dish that we had and just took the top and moved it and dropped it. Okay, all right. So let's just go back to the beginning here. So <laughs> when did you? When when's the first time you saw like as you say like a full body apparition? What were you doing? I mean, our first ever ghost experience was 1999. Uh, it wasn't full body, but it was me and my brother and my buddy Nathan. We were in the basement of the house right before Hamilton, so I don't know if this was a precursor to that or not. Okay. But we looked, and those houses had like walk-in dirt crawl spaces. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. looked in, and there was just two red glowing eyes looking back out at us. Mm -mm. And safe to say we never went back in that basement because yeah, yeah. luckily we moved pretty quickly after. I'm with you. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. So what other crazy stuff did you see? Uh, so going into then the Hamilton house, there's one that, you know, me and my brother talk about quite often. It's the penguin, one, and this is probably the first, like, really big apparition that we saw. Mm -hmm. uh, me and my brother shared a room at this time, so we had a bunk bed. I was on the top. He was at the bottom. Okay. And we walked into the room. Window, you know, curtains were open, everything, so lots of light. And when I grabbed the like ladder to go up onto the second floor or second floor, the second bed, yep. 
I realized there was something standing next to me. Mm. And I mean, it's pretty generic. It, it looks like the ghost in the sheet, you know, yeah. the Halloween costume, just put a sheet on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny. And for some reason in my child mind, I thought it was my dog in a blanket. So I reached out. I don't know why, because it was tall as me, but okay. I reached out and it like backpedaled and moved like a penguin. And so that's why we call it the penguin. Wow. And so that was definitely the first one we saw. And how old were you at this point? Uh, I'd say eight or nine. Okay. All right. So were you scared? Did it scare you? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We were pretty scared. Yeah. I will say the second one I saw was more terrifying. Tell us. Uh, because at that point we were experiencing stuff like seeing shadow people, yep. hearing noises. Um, usually the noises were voices from, it sounded like our mom and dad mm. coming from different rooms, even oh, if they weren't. No. That's, that's scary. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah, that's- to hear family members is foul. really bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so okay. Oh, go ahead. So, what? And then you saw something very terrifying. Yeah. So, you know, at one point it got to the point we would just me and my brother would sleep in my mom's room with her until my dad got home. Okay. And then he'd take us to our room. And I remember one night I was sitting there, and you know I look over the door and it looked like him from behind. Hmm. You know. Right, just like he had just closed the door. And I was like, oh, watch, I'm going to be funny and I'm going to scare him because we were all experiencing stuff. Yes. <laughs> and I was watching it and he wasn't moving. And then all of a sudden he like bent down and reached his hand out like he was locking the door, which was really weird because there was no lock on the door. <clears throat> and so I was like just staring at this thing, staring at it. And it's like it recognized I was staring at it because it then it came back up and just turned its head slightly at me. Yep. And that's when I realized it wasn't my dad because, you know, I can see it even to this day, the cheekbones. It had like really defined cheekbones, spiky hair, yeah. almond, like dark blue almond eyes with like a purple haze around it. Wow. And it like came towards me and then disappeared. Mm. Wow. And I ran downstairs. <laughs> I want to run downstairs myself right now. But but that, that must have <laughs> frightened the hell out of you as a kid. I mean, it would just. You know, I'd hear one little noise and I'd go nuts when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, no, it uh we had two dogs, so our dogs were never far behind at nighttime. Uh, I remember one time we had like it was like a babysitter, like one of my mom's friends was watching us because they went to a Christmas party and she was like, you know, we gotta go upstairs. And me and my brother were like, No, there's something at the top of the stairs. Mm-mm-mm. And she was like, there's nothing. And she went to walk up there and she's like, oh, you guys can stay down here. It's fine. <laughs> so oh. she saw whatever it was because we see like shadow people all the time. Yeah. Shadow people. Uh, weird. Yep. Shadow people are weird. Yeah. That's when you just see the shadow of someone like in the wall, but no one's in the room, right? Yeah. It was like just an outline of a person in a doorway. Um, we'd see it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on the second floor. The first floor, or, yeah, first floor, I guess we saw a couple things, but it was mainly feelings. Yes. Um, my Our family dog would run in corner something and bark up. Yeah, we talked like about that. Yes. Corner with her hair up and her teeth bearing and yeah, stuff. Yeah, we talked about that a lot. You know, we talked about that on the show before where you know, animals seem to be reacting to something in the room that we just can't see, but they're not faking it just for, uh, you know, just for the, our entertainment. Switchy. Switchy's back and has a question. Yeah. Uh, was there uh was it an old house? Was there any kind of uh, history that you were uh, that you were aware of that might have caused some of these apparitions? Yeah. So no, we were the second owners. 
that lived in the house. Now, this part of uh, Castle Rock did kind of sit abandoned in the early 90s because of the housing recession. So there's a good, like, maybe year, year and a half that it did sit abandoned. So very possibly people did weird things in there. Uh, but no burial grounds. I know that's not an often go-to. But as far as my records, I have not been able to find anything. No murders, nothing like that. Mm. Wow. And and um, so you... um. You're the cool paranormal studios. You make films of this stuff. Is it? Yeah. So we, we do a little bit of everything on the channel. Uh, we started as the ghost hunting, but we have so many different, you know, topics that we're interested in, be it dinosaurs, the old West, uh, just history in general that we kind of expanded so we can cover more than just the paranormal, especially during COVID. Uh, it was really hard to go into any place. So that's when we were like, Hey, let's tell some other stories and really, just share people's stories. That's the big thing that we want to do. Uh, right. Be it paranormal, be it not paranormal, is just help people get their stories out. So do, That's if, great. Go ahead, please, Raven. I was just going to ask, um, Sam, how did you get roped into this? <laughs> um, there you go. Well, on a very interesting there. ghost hunt, I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah. That also, but like, um, for me, it wasn't as intense as for Keegan. But, like, for me, I was uh, staying at my cousin's house down in Inglewood, and we would hear a little girl laughing and running through, like, the halls, Ew. like, kind of late at night. But, like, it wasn't, it never really did anything besides, like, kind of just play. And then um, what kind of really sealed the deal is I had a dog that um, we would, we live on, like, kind of a property, and, like, we would let the dog out, and it would stick around. And it ended up getting hit by a truck because like it was at an old age, so it got hit by a truck. Hmm. And I was coming home from school, and I just saw a giant like blood like splatter in front of the house. And then I kind of figured that out. And then uh, one winter, when we were up on a hill, I uh, we were just up like snowboarding, and like I, like me, my sister, and my mom, like we're looking down at the hill, like where the trees were, and we swore we saw like this like apparition of our dog running up to us like it would always do but then it like disappeared halfway through there and we thought it was uh he was probably coming back to say goodbye or something but like that really okay. kind of brought me into that whole kind of Same. scenario yeah yeah right. yeah keegan invited me on an investigation at like um memon ridge and um then things got interesting from there mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. So, so do you all do you all go together and do this? I mean, how how big is the uh, entourage? Uh, I would say a solid six people, really? unusual, but we do have a couple members that will come when they can. Yeah, but I'd say a strong six people. And do, do you you don't do you, you don't charge people for it? Do you do it free of charge? The ghost hunting, yeah, it's free of charge. Uh, I do think it's very unethical for people to charge uh, to get help just because I know at one point I was that person, you know, mm-hmm. and we're here to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you when you go through the house, when you do the examination and you, and you tell them what you found, whether it's what they want to hear or what they don't want to hear, I mean, are they grateful? I mean, if you find something, they are very grateful. We have had times where we weren't able to find stuff and they were not very happy with us. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I tell them we might not capture it. You could go to the most haunted place and you might not capture anything. Right. What's- right. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, it's totally beyond your control if you're going to get something or not. Like, I don't right. know. 
That's like yelling at like a store clerk for the grapes being a dollar more than they were two years ago. Like it's yeah, out of your control. And it's not like they're paying for a service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But if, but but what if you um, tell them something they don't want to know? You know what I mean? Like I suppose maybe some people, you know, they want you to find something, but you can't. So they just figure, well, the problem's just going to go on, and you know, there's no solution. Yeah. Um, as far as like when we don't find something. They they get upset because then I think perhaps we think that they are crazy or whatever. Nuts. Yeah, yeah. And we tell them we're like, hey, we we've lived it. We know it doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My house, like I said earlier, super haunted. It didn't happen every night. And so it, just because we're there, but you know, TV has set expectations, so they think we go there when I find something. So we just uh, brought in your other brother, Hot, as they call it, <laughs> Colin. Colin Cools. Hey, hey. There he is. Now, How this, y'all hearing me? We, good. good, good, good. But you're uh, you're you're, you're um, clean shaven and you get a haircut. You're not in jail or anything, are you? That was just the first thing that <laughs> no, came to me. I'm just outside. Oh, okay. All right. I'm glad he moved I, that. Okay. Look like a tower in the background. Okay. Good. <laughs> so, uh, so the three of you. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine three brothers doing anything together. I know I couldn't do anything with my brothers, but I mean, but you guys. How long have you been doing this? Let's put that. How long? Let's start there. Uh, so Colin and I and my uncle Mark started it unofficially in 2007, okay. uh, late 2007, but officially okay. January 20th of 2008. Mm-hmm. Okay, you've been doing it for a while. Okay, all right. And it, it, does it ever get you down? Do you know what I mean? Does it ever bum you out as the kids say? Uh, no, it's it's kind of like a drug. Like when you find something, you just want to find more. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you say like a drug? Once you find that <laughs> Okay. One amazing evidence. It's just great. <laughs> so what? Um, I mean, um, uh, what would you consider like a really big hit? If you like, I would think if you saw a full body apparition, that would do it for me. Okay, but but you know, what else do you see? What what else do you see? What else do you detect? I mean, sometimes just voices, right? Sometimes just shadows, shadow center. Yeah, I, I would say like our big three as far as evidence goes. Our biggest one is our Lawrence evidence. Uh, it's one on Memory Ridge, like Sam said earlier. But it was me up ahead. You can see the recorder and you hear me say, what is your name? At the same time, you see something manifest in front of me come down, turn towards the recorder and you hear Lawrence. Which makes it more weird is it says at the time we were just getting started. My mom got us a little briefcase from a thrift store to put our equipment in. And she pulled out a death certificate that said Lawrence. So that's why that's number one. It's just so oh, weird. That's strange. Yeah. Okay. Number two wow. would probably be recent at Adams State University. Uh, we definitely caught a face manifesting in the auditorium. Mm. Even our skeptic, our in-house skeptic, is like, yeah, I don't know how you explain that. That's definitely a face. Don't you and love so that? So for him to say that, you're like, all right, we did good. <laughs> Whose face was it? Yep. Do we know? No, it's just a white face. We think maybe the janitor, because there was a janitor oh, that uh-oh. lived below the auditorium stage at one point, yes. and he did die there, so perhaps oh. it's him. Well, you should hear about this with the radio station we're in. Yeah, the, um, Bob. Bob the engineer. <laughs> he, he worked here for 30 years. Okay, and first, it's just to describe this place. It looks like you're in a regular kind of suburban house, surrounded by a bunch of suburban houses. The only difference is there's a big antenna right back. So he was here for a long time. Did the equipment, bit, did everything, and then, you know, uh, one day just came in and dropped dead. And we've seen stuff 
when one one and I used to do the show here, man, stuff really crazy. And I don't really believe in a lot of this stuff, but you know, we saw people who shouldn't be here with the doors all locked and with the alarms yeah. on and stuff. And um, we were the only ones in there. And I see this guy in chinos walking by. I thought he was the guy that was hired to empty the trash or something. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and we couldn't find this guy. You know, we looked. Yeah. We took a break. We looked. All the doors were locked. And when you come in the front door, you hear a bell ring. For instance. Yes, he take care of the trash before he disappeared. The trash was gone, yeah. So he said, okay, good. "Well, at least he was polite and yeah, right. took the trash out." But yeah. talk about—I didn't see him actually holding the trash, but I, I assume that's what it was. And yeah, because I, where where my broadcast area was, I was facing the door. Mac wasn't; his back was to the door, and, I, and I'm thinking, okay, there's somebody in here, you know, and kind of cares? unusual. I, I wanted to make sure the doors were all locked and stuff, and then I told the we told the manager about it. The studio owner, and he said, yeah. "He who? looked like what? Who? Uh, Bob? Bob looked like that. He's dead. He's <laughs> so, so here we are, what? and I'm here alone in the station again. Good for me. So anyway, yeah, he's we... alone there now. I'm in the UK. He's alone there now. Yeah, right. Okay. So why don't we do this? Why don't we? Uh, yeah. Why don't we take a quick break now while I go check the doors? <laughs> and you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exo Show here on the Distant Thunder you're Radio Network. You're such a chicken, Mac. No, don't say that. I'm just being careful." Uh, hey, listen, how how brave you are now. You're across the puddle. I was here when the ghost was here, and I saw your reactions. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, uh, yeah. So why don't we uh, think about that and take a break now, and we'll be right back after this. So until you hear us next time, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang saying, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. Okay, the show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen... What do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter. But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in the world. Let's go. Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire, you clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. The great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best beef. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter, 25 from Portsmouth. Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade. Starboard Galley. They're here. That's the Starboard Galley, 55 Water Street, Newburyport. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world. And tell them Juan ones at you. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to Macaroni's Motrax Now Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Well, on a show so far, unbelievable. Uh, joining us tonight from across the puddle, girls. Very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. I'm back mm-hmm. and having a great time as usual. Thanks, Mac, for having me on again. Okay. And um, earlier in the show, you had a um, BFF on from the earlier days, right? That's right. Right. The How great Barbara Wyth. Mm-hmm. How was it backstage? A lot of tears. You know, uh, well, actually, we, we just sent a couple of emails back and forth to each other. Oh, I see. Okay. It's that kind of arrangement. Yeah. All right. Understand. Yeah. Keep, uh, keeping it close. Keeping it. But, but keeping it. Uh, not close. Uh, hush, hush, and on the QT. Okay. So talking about it on the radio show is not the way to go. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, what? Yeah, I'm sorry, exactly. What? No Coco tonight, understandably. He's out saving the world, but. Uh, National Correspondent Switchblade, Steve Ward, is with us. Switchy. Uh, great to still be here. Still tonight. be here. Okay, interesting. All right. Also, our security chief, Willie Club, he is still here, I think. Yeah, I am uh, physically, absolutely. Really? But I'm, yeah, I'm absorbing a lot tonight. There's a lot of things to, to pick up here, so I'm trying my best. You're taking notes. Interesting. Okay. Also, our favorite good witch up there in Sideways Nyang, Raven is with us. Raven. Hi, my friends. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, Raven. Now, we took Hi. a vote, the eight of us, while you had, uh, weren't in the room, and, and it was all thumbs up for the new hairdo. All thumbs up. <laughs> That's okay. funny. When was I out of the room? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so... I'm just uh, kidding. We're also, we're, we're also joined by uh, three brothers, yeah, the Cools Paranormal Studios, and it's uh, Keegan, Sam, and... Colin, right? Come yes. on, okay. Now, you guys for for at least since uh, 2008 have been doing stuff in in various combinations, going to like haunted places, haunted houses, because y'all, it sounds like the house you grew up in was like pretty haunted as well, right? Correct. Yeah. Do you know why it was haunted? No, uh, we don't have an answer. I just know because we're still friends with our old neighbor who lives next door to it mm-hmm. that. All the families after us have also experienced things, so it's not just us. Now, in you're in Colorado, right? You're in Colorado, near Denver? Yeah, we're between, pretty much right between Colorado Springs and Denver. Mm-hmm. Okay, Is, was it an old house? Is it an old house? Uh, currently, uh, it's not too old of a house, and the one that we experienced everything was much newer, so that's what hmm. kind of makes it really weird. Yeah, so, so the whole idea that, you know, only older houses haunt that really doesn't apply right yeah i don't think so we've been to a lot of really old places uh, most notably the stanley hotel where we had absolutely nothing going on mm-hmm. and we've been to really? some of the newest buildings including in like new york or chicago where you feel stuff so i think it's more the ground and the energy there than the building itself hmm. wow huh so um and do you have like a truck like the ghost buses or anything cool like that how do you get around doing this uh, we have our two Subarus, and we pack our group into it as best <laughs> as we can. <laughs> two Subarus, okay, that's impressive. So, so oh wait, I bet go ahead, Mac go ahead. is going to make fun of me so much. You got your Subarus and your Birkenstocks, right? Do you? Do you wear any three of you wear Birkenstocks? Because you yeah. have to, you have to leave the show. I just okay. got a new pair of Berkies, and I was oh. like, Mac is going to make so much fun of me. No, wow, <laughs> my silence will uh, speak volumes on Birkenstocks. Anyway, so so. 
let's just get down to let's say your your three or four favorite places that you went. Okay, so what I mean, what when you think of it, what's the first? If you're in an elevator and someone says, "Well, what what place have you been to?" What's the first thing you're going to say? A famous place, probably Waverly Hills, okay. um, just because a lot of people do know that. Everyone always asks about the Stanley, but it was such a big bust. Uh-huh. I would tell you guys go to Waverly Hills any day. Well, what is that? Second, what's Waverly, uh, Hills? Waverly Hills is an old tuberculosis hospital in mm. Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's massive. I think it's five or six stories tall. Uh, has giant wings, no windows, mm. uh, in the middle of the Kentucky wilderness, which is really thick. I mean, everyone talks about the forest out here, but you go out on the East Coast and it is thick forest. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and what was it? Just like, was it abandoned at some point and just no one wanted to go back there, that type of thing? Yeah. So it was a tuberculosis hospital and then uh, an insane asylum, mm-hmm. though they did have a different name for it. And then, yeah, it was shut down. And then the owner that we got to talk to and hang out with one day, uh, she actually grew up near it Mm. and remembers hearing the screams and stuff. And now she lives there and gives tours. And I I just appreciate them because they would say, hey, this is where we experienced something. Do you want to go experience it? Versus the location I mentioned earlier where they were like, this is where this thing happened you can read about it in our gift shop mm-hmm. so. yeah 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 so, so yeah. when you went to this place i mean what was it like what did you what did you, what were you feeling there? like the people who had died there or something like that the patients yeah yeah i guess it would be patients um we saw something uh, me and my brother colin uh saw like a face in what's called the death tunnel mm-hmm. uh, where they would take the bodies out um from the asylum or from the hospital at the time um down to the road uh, me and him were trying to stay back as far as we could to be kind of by ourselves because we were in a group. Uh, but there was two people hanging behind us. And I remember I just turned around and saw like a face behind them, mm. which mm. made me want to stay behind even more. But <laughs> we couldn't. Was this day or night? Uh, daytime. Yeah. Huh? Wow. Mm. So, and so that you do this and, and you like write up reports and, you know, and, and tell people, you know, your experiences there. But then when when it's finished, when you go go home at night or whatever, do you have trouble sleeping knowing that this stuff is actually happening? That the paranormal. No, is- I mean I think Sam and Colin can tell you I sleep pretty good in haunted locations. Really, huh? Sleeping on the job, interesting. Uh, it has happened from time to time. I feel really comfortable. There's a dark energy. I go right to bed. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's uh, interesting. So let me let me just guess here, and, and uh, we're talking to the uh, cool paranormal studios, three brothers who are ghost hunters. And um, they record uh, what they see. They've been at it for quite a while, which is really good, I think. So, um, uh, so, so what? What? Uh, I guess we said that before, but you know, what is the thing that really gets you? What? What have you seen, which would um, convince a skeptic that ghosts and paranormal stuff are real? I mean, my experiences earlier, uh, where I talked about. I mean, I, I don't know how you'd write them off. I always tell this story. And it's not something I personally saw, but yeah, my dad, me and Colin's dad had seen it. Uh, he was super close with his Papu. We are Greek, so Papu's grandfather. And uh, his Papu had passed away unexpectedly um, around midnight when my dad was nine. And so my Yaya, whose uh, grandmother is Yaya in Greek, uh, she got the call. And she's staying up all night to try to figure out how she's going to tell my dad that his Papu passed away. Well, come morning, uh, 
my dad's door was like right outside her door and her door was open and he's uh she saw my dad come out look up and like he was talking mm. then he goes into my uncle's room and she's like oh he better not wake the baby because my my uncle i think was like a year at this point and he comes back out he's talking and then he looks down because you know how the house has had those old air conditioning vents and he looks at it and he turns around and looks at my yaya and he's like did you see papu and she kind of plays it off uh, no you know i just woke up what do you mean and he says well i woke up because there's this loud whirling noise and i saw popu there and he was in bright shiny clothing and he wasn't old his skin was very you know mm. wasn't wrinkly at all mm. and he was talking to me and he wanted to say goodbye and he wanted to go say goodbye to you know his brother my uncle so that's why they went in there. When he came back out, he wanted to go downstairs and see where he had lived one last time. And he dissipated into a cloud and went down the vents. So that's the story I always tell. Um, as far as what we caught, I mean, I would say probably the face. Like I said, Andrew is our skeptic. And for him to say it's definitely a face, I would say that's probably a good piece of evidence. Mm, wow. Um, Raven, you must have a question. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so it's so hard. You guys must understand, like, it's so hard to like convince a skeptic, but when they're obviously saying like, yeah, it's a face that they have other reactions or feelings. Like, was there a change of temperature or, or did things get, get really dark or really bright? Was there some type of like a physical reaction? As far as on the camera or like, like that the person your skeptic felt no, because so we were reviewing evidence after oh, the fact that we were watching our DVR system um, that we had filmed. And luckily, you can pinpoint where each of us were because there was the, me, Sam and Colin, and then the six uh, members from Adam State that we helped build their ghost hunting team. Mm. Wow. And so we could pinpoint on the DVRs where each of us were. And I just remember Andrew's like, kind of in shock. He's like, play that again, play it again. And he's like, no, that's the face. That's a face. I don't know what else. Everything else he can write off, but he's like, that's definitely a face. Right. Mm. That's crazy. Now, and you, you guys. Folks have, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Club. No, I, well, I thought of it. Have you folks ever used the Ouija board? I always like to ask oh. that question to paranormal. Do you believe in them? Are you afraid of them? Or? Ouija boards? Uh, Ouija yeah, board. I'm, I'm not super afraid of it. We uh, we did film an episode about the Ouija board. You did. Uh, Matt and Sam and Andrew actually using it as well. Now we have done investigations where people have used it yes. and bad things have happened, but I think you could give a person a banana and a piece of paper and it could give you the same effect. I think it's more just you opening yourself up to the energy and saying, giving it permission to do whatever it wants versus the board itself. Yeah, we have it's a great um, way to like explain that too, because so I, I'm, I'm in currently a haunted house that any any normal person would say is a haunted house and i mean i felt things like breathing down my neck i felt touching nothing um nothing like violent or or um you know anything like that but like very like light touching i've heard they they turn on my stupid alexa all the time and um so this has been ongoing for years and so one night i got really really uh fun on, on adult beverages, just in case there's any kids listening. Um, so I, I decided I was with my sister who I had experienced a really bad 
uh, we, we had, a, had a really bad experience with the Ouija board when we were younger. So I was with my sister and Mr. Raven and my sister's husband did not want to participate, but we um, came up to actually this room that I'm sitting in. We brought my Ouija board up here and we were using it and we got nothing hmm. for about 30 minutes. I think we tried and we got nothing. And this was recent. This was only, I don't know, maybe six months ago. You mean the thing wouldn't move? The point that wouldn't move at all? Planchette was not Planchette, moving. Yeah. There was nothing. And, and I mean, like I, I've literally seen like we, I, I remember I was working out in my basement and I sent you an email Mac because I saw this like shadow figure, like literally walk like right past me when I turned my, you know, it was on the other side of my basement. And so like, there's all this stuff going on and then I'm like, okay, well like let's communicate with it. And, and I get like nothing. It was the wildest thing because I'm thinking I, I'm going to get something something concrete and it's going to be the time and nope why does that why does that never happen i'll just ask anyone you know why don't we have and it's not just ghosts and stuff it's you know why don't we have the definitive picture of the Loch Ness monster or a ufo or you know what i mean it's always not hardcore evidence is what you're looking for right right. high definition photoshot a video none of this blurry stuff I mean, you give me a, a submarine and I can go remake that Loch Ness Monster photo for you. <laughs> submarine. <laughs> That's the third time submarines have come up. It yeah. is. We were just talking about submarines. It turns That's out. Funny. Uh-huh. We need National Geographic style clear color photographs like they get of the critters in the wild. Yeah, with like a filter too. Like put like the pretty filter on it. That's what I use. Put the pretty filter we'll on the Loch Ness say, though, Kind of going to the point of photography. Even with things like I, uh, I watch a lot of... Um, Forrest Galante in Extinct or Alive. Mm-hmm. And he has pretty definitive evidence of the Zanzibar leopard still being alive. Mm-hmm. And people are still like, I might not actually be the leopard. Yeah. Even yeah. though it's very clearly a leopard in a place where leopards aren't supposed to be. So I think you could show someone and if they want to believe, they'll believe. If not, I mean, again, there's a lot of fakers and a lot of hoaxers and that also hurts the field. So mm-hmm. you know yeah, what? That's very true. Not too wild. Kind of going on Keegan's topic, um, mm-hmm. there was this uh, interesting theory that we came across that was saying that the reason we haven't been able to capture Bigfoot again or UFOs was potentially because of uh, the cameras that we are using. Mm. So we need to go back to the old old camera recorders to where like they can't sense that high tech energy there, <laughs> and then you'll be able to re- you'll be able to actually capture them because they can notice like that advanced technology or it's just sitting there that's why they avoid a lot of those things so it was something that we were interested in like kind of testing at one point or at right. least i want to try to test it get like an old time camera old camera chip to hand crank like that's yeah. What I, okay i was gonna ask like are you talking like a brownie or like yeah. a 35 millimeter like a brownie a brownie yeah. okay hmm. i have a brownie that's it's, interesting. it's right across the room from me <laughs> Um, you know, that's interesting because <clears throat> there, there would almost be like human radar detectors that could, you know, send some kind of energy or whatever. That would be interesting. The, the reason I believe mm-hmm. that there's something to Bigfoot is just a long time ago, saw a National Geographic you know, episode on it. This is quite a while ago. And they just take this guy who had been looking for it. He's up in Oregon, looking for it for years. And he brings them to this spot and they detail that they walk two and a half hours into this, these woods, okay, two and a half hours. And in this kind of riverbank, you can see these 
footprints that are obviously nothing that we would have seen before. I mean, they just look like big, hairy human, you know, but they're huge. And they measured them, stuff like that. And all I can think of is who would walk two and a half hours into the Oregon forest to hoax this? You know what I mean? To put to have like you know wooden footprints and you know like in the cartoons. So something has to be out there, and it's it's not a bear. It's not you know. And I think it's hard that to think that we've never really got that definitive picture. We never find their bones. We never find where they live and stuff like that. But you know, maybe that's just stuff we just don't know. You know, well. You know, I was talking to Mr. Raven the other day about uh, the Bridgewater Triangle in, uh, what is it, Vermont? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay, not the Bridgewater Triangle. I'm sorry. The Bennington Triangle. Oh, yeah, that's – In Vermont, and I think it goes into Maine and maybe New York. Um, And we were coming back from Maine a few years ago, and we went through the Bennington Triangle. And there's this overlook where there is just – it is just – forest for miles and miles and miles and miles and there's nothing else like nobody lives there and it's like you look at that and like we were talking about this because you think like how could there not be something in there you know that that we haven't seen that doesn't want to be seen or or we or you know like are are missing it or we can't see it you know whatever whatever you know the the reason might be there, there can easily be something in that expanse because it is just, it is just coverage of forest and there's, there's just nothing else, you know? And then you think like, which is like where, where my head always goes, you know, what if there's, what there's this alternate reality and maybe these quote unquote cryptids, you have the Mothman, you have the Fresno Nightcrawler, you have Bigfoot. What if, you know, they're not being seen because first of all, they're in areas for the most part, I should say that are, desolate you know mm-hmm. yep. whatever you want to be just strolling in the bennington triangle or at least you shouldn't be but what if they're able to just like pop out when they want and be like all right like i'm gonna go do this for a little bit and then i'm gonna come back which is why there's no bones which is why there's no like mm-hmm. den you know like that's like that's what keeps me up at night well, i'll wake up at two in the morning and that's what i think of that's what they would do i mean like they're uh, in a different time zone they're in they're in a different, a different dimension, like a, uh, dimension. Like a different dimension Dimension, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Center parallel universe. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, and they always kind of do. Why? You know, you see, you know, you hear reports of a lot of strange stuff happening in, in the forest. You know, in, you know, way out west. You know, the wide open spaces. You don't hear very many like cryptid stories from New York City or something. You know, it's it's it really does kind of. Each kind of uh, paranormal event really uh, kind of cryptids in the subway. That's the best place to have a that. cryptid is in the subway. Oh man. Right. I have seen pretty weird things in the New York subways. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, they prefer to be called human oh, beings. Yes. They're not cryptids. A chud, right? Mm. A chud. Cannibalistic humanoid underground uh, dwellers. Dang. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you seen that uh, video of like a rat in, uh, you know, in Grand Central Station and he's pulling an entire pizza? Not just a slice of pizza. He's like a super the rat, rat is pulling the pizza. Yeah, but it's an entire pizza. A rat. Yeah. Where, did, where would he get an entire pizza? Think about that for a second. Strangely, he, he removed the anchovies. So yeah, he didn't like the anchovies. <laughs> he probably like where he probably went to the pizzeria and ordered it. Ordered it, called it up, put pineapple on it. They threw it in the uh, trash, and he went and got it. He okay. ordered it on his app, and he went and picked yeah. it up. Yeah, Uber Eats dropped it off. He got someplace. Uber Eats. They took it to the subway for him. <laughs> the rat. I have a quick Waverly Hills story. Ahead, uh, I've told this before. 
But I, I was uh, friends with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who was a great researcher that we lost a few years ago. She told me that one of the times she was at Waverly Hills, she was with another researcher. And he said to her, he said, he said Rosemary, do you see what I see? And, you know, when you're in there, nobody's got flashlights or anything. You just let your eyes adjust to the dark. Go ahead. And she said, I think it's a gray. They hmm. both saw something in Waverly Hills Sanatorium that looked like a gray alien. She thought that perhaps sometimes these areas are are just pathways. Maybe some of these things overlap, but it was, it really shocked them, took them by surprise. And my, my other brief story about Waverly Hills, I was there a few years ago and I may have had some experience. I was standing in the morgue with some other people and I felt like a couple fingers brushed the top of my hair. Now it could have been a bug, I suppose, but that was my entire experience at Waverly Hills. Okay. Uh, touch the top. Did you walk through the, did you walk through the body shoot? I, I did. Uh, some, some shoot, people, man? Well, uh, some people actually got in the, uh, what do you call them? The, uh, well, the containers for the bodies. And I thought, oh, yeah. I can't no, think of what they're called. No, but... I'm going to, I'm just going to be an observer there. Oh, and, that would uh, be so, you wouldn't get hopefully in Hopefully it doesn't lock up. <laughs> I would get in that. You I'd be would. like, shut the door. I need five minutes to take a nap and then you can come back and let me out. <laughs> nope. I'm with Colin. Not to, uh, <laughs> I get two questions. First of all, not to change. We got a sanatorium up here in Danvers, a former sanatorium that was turned that? into condos. Nice condos, too, as a matter of fact. Yeah, but they're haunted. Ever hear that, guys? But, the Danvers, uh, what was it, Danvers State Hospital? Yeah. I've heard of it, guys. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's, that's it a, yeah, it's a weird place. It's, it's, just, a, it's a going concern. It is a uh, nice condo conversion in the original buildings, and they added some more condos to the side of it. But I used to have a computer customer that, Bought a condo there in the original building in the very top floor, which has one of those sharp pointed roofs. Spires. Because yeah, when you drive by there, spire, right? When you drive by the place, you can see it from the highway. It just looks weird, just from a distance. Yes. Yep. Looks and when you know that it was a sanitarium at one point, uh, you say, oh, yeah, I get it. Even when you pull into the parking lot, you, you look at it and you go, I don't know if I want to walk in there. But <laughs> it was cool. He says, uh, I want to show you this that they give you when you, uh, when you, your first day in when you move in, they give you this pillow, and it says "boo," B-O-O. It says okay. "boo." So they're running with pillow, it. Like they're a running with pillow. It. Yeah, yeah. Just for a joke. Oh, but so they're just like trolling their tenants. <laughs> it's a it's a creep show, and the place that I guess the part of it where it was um, an operating room is mm -hmm. now um, a workout center. Oh, really? Yeah. So huh. I, I walked through that, and I didn't really hang around long enough to see if I could feel anything. I was there to fix some computers, and I was kind of in That's a good hurry, excuse but, not to work yeah, out. Yeah, it's, it's just a workout center. It used to be, you know, operating room number two or something. Hmm. Was, you know, right, where they probably, like, didn't give any, like, painkillers and just gave them, like, cocaine instead. And yeah, oh, that sounds tough. <laughs> sounds tough. Hey, listen. Give uh, me Black & Decker. I got to do a lobotomy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Lummy. You know? Uh, Switch Jeez. is uh, waving to me frantically here because we almost forgot his segment for tonight. You know, the best biggest skew of the show so i have a i have a feeling i have a esp that i know the answer to this question but we ask him every week switchy what did you have for breakfast this morning this morning i uh i left uh point pleasant west virginia across the bridge over to gallup ohio to the went to bob evans i knew exactly what i wanted yes and i went in i had hot black coffee with water <laughs> two slices of french toast with whipped butter and syrup <laughs> and three sausage links oh mm. man <laughs> whipped Butter. Okay. Okay. Cool. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that was so you're in Union territory now. So I'm gonna say that was sixteen dollars. 
I think it was closer to 14. Really? Yeah. Huh? Your tip? You tip at this place, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. What's your tip? What's your leave? Six bucks. Did you? Okay. Good for you. Wow. Oh, right, yeah. Generous. All right. Good for you, man. Was now, it? is the whipped butter different from the regular butter, or did they just give you whipped butter every time? Well, it, when you when you sandwich it between two slices of uh, French toast, yes. it kind of all melts, and I, I'm not sure that I could determine the difference in a taste test. Really? Huh? I don't understand. Neither do I. Is, is but it doesn't the... really matter. Yeah. It tastes pretty damn good. So. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> he sent me a picture, and I said, that better be Freedom Toast, right? And it was. Oh, <laughs> Freedom Toast. Oh, my God. Do you remember when they did that in the early 2000s? Freedom Fries. Freedom Fries. <laughs> no, what was that? I don't remember that. No, what, what was that? Because the French wouldn't let us. Freedom Fries. They wouldn't yeah, let us. Yeah, there was like this really? thing where, like, you couldn't say, like, French or France. They wouldn't let us fly over. I don't what the issue was, but I just remember being in, like, junior high or something, and... It was like all freedom fries and freedom toast. It was uh, the the French wouldn't let U.S. airplanes fly over France on their way to bomb Gaddafi and Libya. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's what it was. That, that'd yeah. take the long way around. And after that, people said, no more of this French fry shit. Yeah. Okay, it's freedom fries. No more French dip. Yeah. It lasted, you know. Freedom dip. No more French kissing. A few weeks. No, I didn't. Hear, freedom freedom that did it get up to that far? <laughs> Another chapter out of history. There you go. <laughs> yes, so for sure. That's the important stuff. So switching. Now, I do, I do have French to crawlers. say. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do have to say one thing. I know we're a radio show, but Sam, has anyone ever told you you look like Brian Poussein, the comedian? Yeah, that guy. He does. Oh. Yeah. Really? You really? That oh, that's so funny. I, as soon as I saw you, I'm like, wow, he looks like he could be like his younger brother. You do look like someone on TV. You got to say that much. Um, who who is that guy? What show What show is he on? The guy that you think he looks like? I know him from stand up comedy and uh, the Sarah Silverman program. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big, yeah. He's a really tall guy with red hair and a, a beard. beard and glasses. <laughs> like hmm. it's so funny. Like it's exactly who I thought you looked like. And again, I know this is a you know radio show, but oh, we'll put yeah, that's, a, that's exactly who you struck me as. We'll throw up a picture of the real guy and say it's him. So uh, we're here with the cools. <laughs> Paranormal Studio, and there's three brothers here. So I'm going to guess who's the youngest and who's the oldest, and I'm going to guess who's the biggest pain in the ass, okay? Just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, think I want to see that vote go down. You ready? Yeah, okay. I'm going to say uh, Sam is the oldest of the three. Don't tell me. Mm, no, really? I think I'm older by a week. Oh, 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 oh by a week. week? Ooh, he got yeah. you there. That was some party. Okay. Yeah, interesting. And then uh, Colin is obviously the uh, curly of the family, right? Mm, no, I think, I don't know. Is it me, Sam? Yeah, it's probably more Keegan because <laughs> Keegan's hmm. the one that will in- antagonize and yep. gets gets all crazy. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think he just means an everyday like life when we're filming and I make you guys retake film shots uh-huh. for videos. Oh, you're one of those guys, well, huh? I mean, but that's, that's smart. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I would probably, I would say it would be like, I don't know. I think uh, we all have our moments for the most part. Go ahead. I yep. wouldn't say one is higher than the other. We all have our sure. kind of moments where we kind of like pressure other people into a bunch of stuff. Okay, really, yeah? With uh, oh, yeah. threat of force or just kind of talking into it? Are you saying co-equal pains in the ass? I was going to say, you know, they yeah. look like three scary guys, frankly. You know, I would say, yeah, you want to want to. Look at my house to go. So you got it. So, so, hmm. Uh, so do you do you travel across country a lot, or or are you try and stick around the, uh, you know, west of the Mississippi? 
Uh, no, we, we do a lot of travel. I think in the last four years, we've done 21 states. Really? Yeah, huh? Oh, cool. Now, where do you get the money? Where do you get the funding for this? Because it's not... Work. <laughs> really? Just on your yeah, own dime? All self-funded, yeah. Yeah, huh? Oh, really? Wow. Well, it, Have it, you been out awesome. to uh, Salem, Mass? Have you been out this way? No, not yet. Uh, one of my friends, she just moved out there. So I was like, yeah, we, we might try to get out there. Um, it's one of the few states on that little section of the United States I've mm. not been to. Well, we were about well, uh, you got to get to Salem. You gotta yeah, get we're there. about uh, 30 minutes from Salem, right, wherever this radio station is. And uh, Raven's very familiar with Salem. It, it gets – we talk about it on the show a lot. It gets insane. The closer you get to Halloween – the more insane yeah. that place gets. And it's it's beautiful on the off season too. Like yeah, you don't nice. have to go during Halloween. Um, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to go was because of uh the um the Willow Park, which is all like the willow trees and it's like right um I think it's technically in the sound, mm-hmm. I wanna say, on the ocean. But it's really pretty. And um I if you go during Halloween, just be prepared for anything. And like literally anything, it, it is it is a party. Um, but I was going to ask one question before we like wrap things up. Um, have you guys ever had like a place where you've gone into and you know felt something weird, and you're just like, oh no, like I'm like this is not like not not good for me, or like you know just not like really uncomfortable? Have you ever like had that overwhelming experience? No, I, after my house I grew up in, I have not. But Sam, Colin, what about you? Um, I would say I've had like a couple of places. Uh, one for me would be uh, Memon Ridge because, like, ever since the kids played with the Ouija board there, it's become a lot darker. Mm-hmm. And kind of going back to the topic, and sometimes in certain places you'll see things go darker when things are happening, or like it gets colder. Like that has definitely happened. Yes, yes. Um, a weird scenario would be this one that we did at my cousin's house. There was like this room that we walked into that uh, he had stories of like things like his brother lived there before him mm-hmm. with like uh, two other roommates and his brother was just chilling in his room. And then he watched this like shadow walk out of that room and go downstairs. And then his buddy that lived in there came in the front door and he was just like, didn't you just go downstairs? <laughs> wow, wow. But um, when we went into that room, it was like hitting a wall of electricity. Hmm. Oh, So it was just like really dense and heavy and like all your hairs would just stand up and we had an evp in there and it like literally wiped the whole evp like everything that we had on there was just gone mm-hmm. what is and that it was definitely interesting please tell that us like please tell us what an evp is i mean we've said it before but just for people who might not know electronic voice phenomena uh so the recorders pick up voices of ghosts mm-hmm. uh Probably your most common piece of ghost evidence is an EVP, a voice of something dead. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean it's talking to you. It could just be a, you know, time replaying itself. A right. Residual I've heard uh, tape recordings of people, they'll just leave a tape recorder on in like a haunted house. Just leave it there all night and then listen back to it. Oh, boy. Yeah, you definitely hear stuff going on. You know, once again, oh, is yeah. it an old haunted house? But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so. I gotta ask this. So, uh, our, um, of the three of you, uh, uh, you guys married? No, no, okay, not okay. Okay. I was the closest, I think. Okay, really? Yeah. Okay, it might be another show, Mac. I have to Never die. But, okay. Yeah. Listen here. So, wow, switchy. Um, Sorry. Sorry. You know, I mean, is I it? it do you, I mean, 
there has to be women who are into this as well, right? Uh, yeah, we've had female members uh, from time to time, but they never really have stuck around, at least the ones we have. Uh, they'll come every once in a while and hang out. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of hard work. Like yeah, you yeah, got to do a lot that. of research and we've had what, 20, 30 people throughout Sam Cullen. I mean, just really? come and go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think a lot of people think it's just all fun and games, but there's a lot of work and time and effort hey, put into it all. Going to uh, 21 Absolutely. States for sure. I mean, I don't want to say this because Raven's here, but I mean, is, uh, is it a chance that the women are scaredy cats? No, I don't. I don't think so. Because like, um, we've definitely had them. It just it doesn't work out at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one sent that question place. to me. By the way, yes, he wanted me to ask that. Well, listen, guys, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. And um, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, hats off to what you do because yeah. you've been at it for such a long time. You know, a lot of people just kind of you know a flash in the pan type thing. But there's yeah. got to be something mm-hmm. to it if uh, you know you've been at it since uh, 2008. So where do people? Where can they find you? See you, etc. Uh, I mean, a little bit of everywhere. Obviously, YouTube, Cools Paranormal Studios. Uh, same with Instagram is Cools Paranormal Studios and Facebook. Uh, Twitter is just at The Real Cools. We're also in four books by Erica Gammon. So if you want to hear more of our stories, uh, you can find it there. Or every once in a while, you'll see us on the Travel Channel. So On the Travel oh, Channel. Ah, very well, good. Let's talk about them for like one second. Okay, so you've been on the Travel Channel how many times? Uh, a couple times. Okay. And they paid you thousands, right? Was this like ten, fifteen thousand? <laughs> Each not quite that much, but it was uh tax free. It was it was pretty close actually for, for an hour. Was it really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They cool. they were quite nice. We've we've been really blessed and all the people we've worked with. We've worked with a lot of great people and mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well you're good, you know, you come across good on the media, as they say. So uh hats off to us. Let's give them a round of applause, please. Yeah. And come back and join us again, okay? Please, guys. He's going to bump that up and post. Don't, don't worry. Yeah, don't worry yeah. about that. Yeah. I don't want to wake up my wife upstairs. The cool. The cool. <laughs> paranormal. nice that you had a good experience with uh, the TV people. Yeah. That's paranormal in itself. Yeah. I've seen, <laughs> like, I've, I love Travel Channel, so I'll watch, like, um, I, I'm not, like, a fan of, like, Zach Baggins, but I'll watch, you know, some of, like, the, the smaller groups of people that will go into, like, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, haunted locations. And like you said, like, Waverly Hills Sanitarium is huge. Mm, it is yeah. just such a, it's, it's like so big that it's scary. It's so big. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So yes, yes. that's, that's really cool that you guys have been there. Yeah. Right. It's funny that it's there's cool a that it hasn't been por- torn down because, place. You know, yeah. Why wouldn't they tear it down? Places like that get into disrepair, but it's privately owned and, um, mm, really, they give tours. So that's cool. Wow. Buying mm-hmm. the old sanitarium. Yeah. So anyway, guys, uh, thanks. Around air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. I bet. <laughs> thanks for joining us, guys. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no, anytime. You okay, yeah, there. come back. Uh, yeah, anytime for sure. And yeah. let's see how we do this. Let's say goodnight to club. Club, how you doing? What do you can night you, to club? Give us, yeah, give us a mark tonight. It would be B plus, B minus. Yeah, it's it's in the B range. I'm gonna B sit range. down after the show, have a couple of beers, and I'll have a better idea after that. That many? Huh? Okay, all right, good. Well, it might be more depending on how bad things were, but I'm hey, feeling hey. very good. I good vibes. Okay. Great okay. guess. If you got at least a Castro, let us know. We'll uh, we'll get you a it meet. Could be an A. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe an A. So Raven, it's a how many how many beers a uh, night was it, Raven?
There's two, and they're the they're the big boys. They're, uh, yeah. they're not small, but I'm gonna have another one after. Sixteen ounces. Let's call yep. it three. Okay, super. <laughs> Club, thanks for joining us and giving us such a high mark. We appreciate it. Well, uh, my pleasure. Switchy, thanks for joining us. Switch. It was my pleasure. I had a V8 tonight, and I'm going to go crazy and have another really? one. Really? Off the air. Well, now you're embarrassing yourself, so okay. we'll cut that out as well. Thanks, Switch. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Sounds good. Juan Juan, we'll talk to you soon. Yes. In a few more hours, I'll be having breakfast. Yeah, I'm yeah, get yeah. Up early tomorrow. Yeah. yeah it's, already, it's already tomorrow. Let's confab sometime in the next couple of days. It's already Wednesday here. Okay. I told you about uh, Juan Juan from the future, our latest run in with him, right? Yeah, you sent me good pictures. Unbelievable. Right? There's a guy he who's. Even, even Eileen thinks, yeah, the, the dude does look like you a little bit. He's running around Plum Island and he looks like Juan Juan in about 10 years. He, he, he just does, you know? And and he, you cannot see this guy when he's not hitting on some chick or the bartender or something. I mean, oh, it, so it's. It, Literally just one one. It's one one in 10 years. <laughs> exactly. They dress alike. They look alike. Anyway. Uh, one will, they even act alike. They do. One one Unbelievable. will talk to you soon. Raven, it's come to that time. I hope I'm like that 10 years from now. <laughs> yeah, that's we, yeah, that's why we don't want to talk to him. You know, it really, <laughs> I'm telling you, it really freaks Lois out. I'm not kidding you because she's now, you know, worried that it's actually everything is just a hologram and stuff. Yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're identical cousins. And something went wrong. Yes, right, exactly. One's from England. Well, well when I fly England. back to the United States, which I have to do because uh -huh. I'm, I'm missing the place like crazy. Go ahead. But that's the first thing I'm going to do is we're going to hook up and stop in there at the coma. Go face to face with them? Yeah, yeah. It'll be like a Superman episode. It'll be cool. All right? Meet your future. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging on the coma bar. Cool. <laughs> anyway, look forward to that. Raven. Thanks for joining us tonight. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. And we love the head, though. We we love is not is not a big word. It, I mean, it is a big word for us, as you know. We love it. Oh, I really appreciate that. I but did we don't bandy it about easily. It's uh, it has to be earned, and uh, Raven said? always earns it. What I always said? earn it. Yeah. Okay. I, right. I ended up having to buy special shampoo so that it could like grow faster because essentially right now you can't see it again because of my background. I have I'm very well camouflaged here, but I basically have like a mullet going on right now because of what this this vile person did to my hair. Okay. So it is not good. <laughs> like I, I'm not even kidding. When I got home, it was just like. Poor Mr. Raven was on the receiving end of this. And yeah, I'm he like, took it. He took you know, it. Yep. You don't understand. <laughs> what a good soldier he is. Wow. And the person who did this to it was his name Anthony or something like that? I don't know what her or name 40s. was. Oh, really? Um, yeah, huh? She's blonde. I don't know. Oh, okay. You know what they say about them. You think what happens sometimes in, in hair salons is that the uh, – the the person who's cutting your hair, especially if it's a woman, is so jealous of your beauty. That could be that she wants to mess it up. Yeah, yeah. There just you enough go. where maybe One you don't down. notice it right away, but when you get home, yeah, it look it, at the mirror. It, you break glass. Well, it, it so that so was terrible. that was like the bad thing that was like I noticed it the entire time. Like I knew it wasn't like turning out right at all. Like when it was like still like wet from like being shampooed and everything, and that I'm sounds... like, maybe hmm. I should say something. And then I was just like. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Wow, huh? <laughs> it's just awful. Wow. I've had is... haircuts like that. Yes. Okay. Well, like, yeah, you, it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like a train wreck. It's just ironic slowly would say happening. That. Wow. Well, anyway, so listen. Um, <clears throat> why don't we wrap the show All right. Up let's now. bring the train into the station. Yeah. Are we there yet? Yeah. Did we lose them? No. 
Sure. Well, we want to thank everybody uh, for joining us tonight and uh, remind everyone about Homestrat Troops. Homestrat Troops is an organization that raises money for our veterans in the post-9-11 uh, era. That's the Iraq War and the Afghan Afghanistan War. And uh, some of these people might have come home missing an arm or a leg. And Homestrat Troops will build them a house that is adapted to their needs. And that means like wider door spaces, not a whole lot of steps, a lot lower counters, stuff like that. Stuff to make their lives a little more easier. And then when they build these, the uh, house, they rip up the mortgage give them the keys. It's their house to own forever. And then they can go out into society and get a job and just feel a little bit more uh, with it, um, you know, in I hate to say it, but everyday normal life. Uh, Homestrad Troops, 90, 90 cents of your um, charity. I should say that again. Hang on. 90 cents of your charity dollar uh, goes to our veterans. So please Google them. Homestrad Troops, see what they're about. And I think that's it for the uh, night they're wanting. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let's pull it in. Okay. Um, and Switchy has the train wreck up on the screen. So that means it's time to go. Thank everyone for joining us tonight. Thank you to everyone out there uh, for listening to us. And this is Mac for the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.